Hello, people. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm David Owen. Last week, we featured the first half of this impactful program on teen vaping and opioid abuse in our community. If you missed it, go find episode 23. It focused mainly on physiological impacts and how widespread each of these is in the Cobb and Marietta areas. Now we're going to listen in as the discussion goes personal. Interviewed by host Ross Cavett, we'll hear from a couple of people whose families battled through addictions and what advice they would give to families now. And welcome back to our set as we continue to uh, look at how we can combat teen opioid and vaping abuse, not just in schools, but at home or anywhere else for that matter. New person on our set is Stacey O'Shield. Stacey, I'm going to introduce you in just a second. I want to talk to Lori Judy real quickly here. We've heard a couple of mentions of fentanyl. Uh, We see it in the news all the time, and we know how bad it is. Tell us what it is. So fentanyl is a synthetic opioid. Um, It is a, a legitimate pharmaceutical that's used for things like cancer pain, really painful conditions. It's about 50 times stronger than heroin. Um, and we know that it's very easily produced um, illicitly, and therefore fentanyl has been found in many street drugs, uh, including drugs that are made to look like other legitimate pharmaceutical drugs, such as Xanax or Percocet. And that's where a lot of people are actually coming into contact with fentanyl as they believe that they're taking some other kind of drug and it's actually been contaminated illicitly with, with the fentanyl. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so we know it's bad. We know some of the stuff we've been hearing about is bad. How can we, as parents and adults, uh, or anybody really help prevent this from becoming a tragic situation? So the first thing you can do is just to try your hardest to make sure that your kids don't get started um, taking opioids. A lot of uh, kids will get um, prescribed opioids for like sports injuries or wisdom teeth. Um, And then that's where they start maybe misusing them. Um, So one good thing that parents should do, I I brought some little uh, props here. One good thing that parents should do is if they themselves are prescribed an opioid or anyone in their home is prescribed an opioid, uh, they should probably lock it away in in some kind of box like this one that we um, give away at our, our, our... events uh, around the community. Just put them in here to make sure that, you know, kids can't get a hold of them. Um, Another thing you should do is if you have any unused medication, you should dispose of it properly. And I have a few other um, props here. This is um, a little packet of something called Dispose RX. You mix this with the water and the drug, and then you can safely throw it in the trash. Mm. Um, And there are some other um, things out there that you can do that with as well. So if I'm interested in getting more information about those things, where can I find it? Um, You can come to our website, uh, cobbanddouglaspublichealth.org, and um, we will give you some resources on uh, some places that you can get some free Dispose RX. Um, You can buy these at CVS, you know, anywhere that, you know, any kind of pharmacy. Okay. Stacey O'Shields, welcome to our program. Uh, This is something near and dear to your heart, I know, for uh, tragic reasons. You're a Cobb County mother. You've uh, been a teacher. Um, and uh, you lost your daughter in 2021? Yes. What happened? Well, um, it was quite a shock. Actually, in August of 2021, her 
boyfriend was living with us and he passed away tragically. We thought that it might be something due to a seizure. We didn't have a toxicology at that point um, to see what the cause of death was. Um, a month later, she died as well. Come to find out they both had an accidental overdose of fentanyl. Um, next to my daughter where uh, we found her, she had taken a fourth of a fake pressed Xanax. Um, so there, there could be just the slightest amount of fentanyl that can cause death. Um, you're talking about how it's kind of saturated in the community about fentanyl and, and this type of thing. Well, being a mother of eight, I, I heard those things, but I never thought that would be me. Um, so I definitely want to address like stigma and stereotype and, you know, who's taking these and who might it be. And, um, and it is a one time could end it all. So I tell any parent, your child could take something that looks like something they've had in the past that they trusted, and it could look same little writing on it, and it could end their life instantly. It's that deadly, and it's, it's that serious, and it's, it's becoming a wide epidemic, and I'm here, this mother of all these children, and, and didn't think that would affect me. That wouldn't be something that we would ever experience. And in August and in September of 2021, we had two deaths in our home. Got to be tough to live with, and I appreciate you trying to do make a good out of a bad by coming out and talking about your experience. And I saw, I saw you over there when I was talking to Lieutenant Wilson about what parents could do, what they can look for, how they can react to it. And you and I had talked before this program about there's always second guessing. Absolutely. And, and so, what is your message to parents and others about? If, you know, if it doesn't look or feel right. Exactly. So, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You could have, should have, would have. But when I look back on things, and I would just say to parents, there is a little voice inside you. There is something that goes, this doesn't smell right. It doesn't look right. The story doesn't add up. And you need to listen to that voice. And I wish that I had been more aggressive with that. Kind of fearful of, I don't know what to do. Um, you know, are they doing something that I should be aware of? They're, they're sleepy, red flags. You know, sleepy, withdrawn, isolated. Those were types of things that I had seen. But again, I didn't really jump into it. Um, you look back, you wish that you had. So I would just encourage all parents. Um, you don't necessarily have to be authoritative, but you need to listen to that voice. You need to ask questions. You need to possibly look through their things and be vigilant. Just like with the vaping, with, with all of these things. We're very distracted as parents, but this is a life or death situation. And I don't want to see any parent go through what we've... And unfortunately, these children of mine, this uh, daughter and her boyfriend left behind a, a little girl that we have now adopted. So it is, it's a far reaching tragic story and I don't want anyone to ever experience that. Your, your message is so true, but boy, isn't it so hard to go through your kids stuff? It is, and that's where you, I said, listen to that voice, because you're like, there's privacy, but I don't want to be that parent. But you know what? Something's not right. I would just say, encourage you, take that step. If you're, if you're unsure, talk to a pediatrician. Talk to another counselor or a professional if you're unsure. You know, I pulled up um, behavior of teens. It looks very similar to someone who may be under some influence, withdrawn, sleepy, um, maybe losing interest in some of the things that they had before. But you kind of know in, in your inside if something's not quite right. And I would say parents act on that. And, you know, so you went through the, the 
kind of an unspeakable tragedy, certainly for a, a parent, any parent. But it doesn't end after the funeral. It's, it seems like you've had frustration trying to get this message out and fight this ongoing problem. It, it, it really is an, a problem. And I would say, like you, we were talking about the vaping, educate yourself. So as a parent, I didn't know what Narcan was. I didn't really know what fentanyl was. I knew it was something that people were doing, but I, I didn't know that it would ever be. So educate yourself as a parent. We're saturated with a lot of information, but this is life or death. And then I would say just be bold, take that step if you need, um, get, surround yourself by other people. Um, we, there are other groups and, and um, support groups and things like that out there if you're ever unsure, and lots of information. I would like to interject, since she brought up Narcan, I think that it's very important for parents to know what Narcan is. That's um, the brand name of, a, of the drug re, uh, reversal, the opioid reversal drug, naloxone. If you've ever been uh, prescribed an opioid, or if your kid has ever been prescribed an opioid, or if you even just have a kid in your home, you should probably keep naloxone with you. Um, nearby. Um, you can uh, get it at any pharmacy. We have a standing order for um, Georgia that you can buy it without a prescription. You can also go uh, somewhere like georgiaoverdoseprevention.org and if you're a high-risk person, they will give you free Narcan. Um, you just, you, we have on our website, cobbandouglaspublichealth.org, we have a training video done by uh, Nurse Searcy that, that tells you how to administer the Narcan. I, that was going to be my next question. So I buy it, then what, you know? Yeah, we, we have that training video for you, um, and it, it, it'll go through what it looks like to have an overdose, how you administer the Narcan, and then how you should stay. And an, another thing that's very important for everyone to know is we have the Georgia Amnesty Law. So if you, overdose, yeah. if you see someone overdosing, you should call 911. You're protected with small amounts of drugs on your person if you, in good faith, have made a call. And everyone should know that because too many people die because their friends are afraid to call 911. Yeah. Stacy, just a question for you that popped into my head. You're a proud mother of eight children. How has what happened to you affected your relationship with your other kids? Well, I asked a lot of questions like, did you guys know any of this? Or what could you have told me differently? And our, our older daughter was, you know, sneaky. But I have still an 18-year-old, a 15-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 7-year-old, and then the 2-year-old granddaughter that we've adopted. And so my eyes and ears are much more open. I'm much more aware. Now, when I was raising these children, my daughter who passed away, Clover, was very allergic to yellow jackets. I kept an EpiPen with me all the time. Now, I feel about Narcan, I can't say enough about it, that I would like to distribute it as if it was an EpiPen that anybody could tragically have an allergic reaction, but it would be a deadly situation. So I'd want to raise awareness for that and and keep it on my person right. and what you said earlier is true that with fentanyl it could be just a one time your kid could be going off yes. the, the, the highway one time in their life just try this pill take yep. this one you know this is just a little something this will make you feel good and if we could just get that into those kids minds that it really could be one one swallow okay I appreciate you telling your story. I appreciate the perspective from all of you so far. And we have some other issues we want to touch on and another guest to bring on the set. We'll do that right after this. I thought I was being a good mother and doing everything right. 
After Madison's operation, we had leftover medication that I figured I'd save just in case. I put it away and didn't think anything of it. Madison is a good kid, and I never imagined this would happen. I always thought, this happens to other people, not us. Parents, please, dispose of your unused medication before it's too late. For more information on where to dispose of unused medication, visit ccapsa.org. Uh, brought on our uh, fifth and final guest. We only have five chairs, so you're going to be the final guest of the day. Uh, Jeff Breedlove, you are Chief of Communications and Policy for the Georgia Council for Recovering, Recovery and on the Georgia School of Addiction Studies as well. Um, you've had some foray into the political arena, and it also says in your bio here, a person in long-term recovery with a passion to share his story so others know recovery is real. And we just heard a tremendous story from Stacey O'Shields. What are your, what's your impression after hearing what she has told uh, our audience? Well, you know, the first thing I'd say about Stacey and her, her husband and, and, and their family is that they are strong. They're heroes for having the courage to tell their story out loud because when they tell their story out loud they're breaking stigma and they're going to save somebody's life so first of all i think they're heroes and you've been telling your story out, out loud as well um so what, what is your message after some of what we've heard today so i am a person in long-term recovery i was in active addiction for 30 years i'm somebody that by rights i should be dead but you know i would say to parents addiction's real and it's not just another issue it's an epidemic the number one cause of death in the United States of America, according to the CDC, for Americans 18 to 45 is fentanyl overdoses. So this is a very serious problem. But the good news is that recovery is also real. There's 24 million Americans in recovery in the United States and 800,000 in Georgia. So as real as addiction is, recovery is also real. I really like this question that came along with your bio that they asked me to ask you, which I think is a very interesting question. What should parents not do? The first thing parents shouldn't do is think that their loved one is a bad person. This is not a lifestyle choice. It is a legitimate medical disease. It's properly called substance use disorder. We all call it addiction, but it's a medical issue. So you can't fix your loved one. You can love them, you can try to help get them help, but you're not gonna fix them. No, I couldn't get healthy until I was ready to. My, my mother, my father, my sister, my wife, my son, my friends, my coworkers, I'm not gonna recover because they tell me to. So don't lecture, don't try to fix, just love. Share options, be there for them, but do not think that your loved one is a bad person. Understand they have a very serious disease. So I, I can understand that, that a parent who may have a, a child going through something like this uh, would feel incredibly frustrating if they can't turn that child's life around, but your message is there still may, may be light at the end of that tunnel. There's definitely light at the end of the tunnel. I was in active addiction for 30 years. The last 11, I, I kind of knew I wanted to stop. People were trying to help me stop. But it wasn't until I said, now I'm ready. So I, you need to support them. You need to love them. You need to be there for them. But don't make it a confrontational thing where they're not, quote, listening to you. You need to love them. Meet them where they are. 
So you finally are able to maybe get the turn with your with your son or daughter, get the, the, the their life turning around a little bit. But what does that look like? What is addiction recovery like? What what is that procedure like? So this disease, you know, it does have when you're in active addiction. Then there's a pathway to treatment, and then there's the rest of the the life. The rest of my life will, Lord willing, be in recovery. Recovery is one day at a time. The closest medical analogy I can give you is like a diabetic. If a diabetic follows their doctor's orders every single day, they're gonna have a healthy life. But if they stop, they're not. So every day, a person has a recovery uh, protocol that they sort of buy into. For me, it involves starting the day by making up my bed. It's as simple as that. And then I do other things throughout the day. I will say this, the opposite of addiction is connection. So part of everybody's recovery, because there could be different pathways for recovery, but the, but the key is that they're gonna be connecting to people in a healthy, proper way. So just remember that they will be, once they go to some type of treatment, and there's lots of different ways to get treatment, they're gonna be in recovery for the rest of their life. So is there anything you can say to that person who may be watching this either live right now or on video later who may be coming to that realization that, you know, I may need help or want to get off this terrain? What would you say to that person who may be kind of on that edge and about ready to jump into maybe addiction recovery? Look, I'd say this. Recovery is real. There's a community of your brothers and sisters out there, a strong peer community in Georgia. And there's peer-led programs that are completely free that the council and the state of Georgia pay for so that you don't have to pay any money. And you can call 844-326-5400 and the person who answers that phone is gonna be a peer. And they'll talk to you, they'll listen to you, and they'll tell you about these wonderful recovery organizations that do everything from hiking to, to any type of social activity where you can be embraced by people that have been where you are. They're not law enforcement, they're not doctors, they're not clinicians, and they're not even your family. They're your peers. You are not alone, and there's people that will love you in recovery. That's a beautiful kind of uh, ending statement for this entire program, but with the risk of freaking out my Cobb School District friends who are running this program, I did want to let everybody kind of have a last word in this, just to kind of tie together your portion of this program and what we should take out of it. Lori, Judy, do you want to say anything? Um, I would just like to repeat that if you go to our website, CobbAndDouglasPublicHealth.org, um, you can find uh, links to um, other important programs in Cobb County. Um, you can find links to uh, treatment providers as well as uh, uh, Laura Searcy's video on how to administer Deloxone and um, how to dispose safely of uh, your unused medications. Lieutenant Wilson? I would like to just emphasize how important it is for the parents to be involved with their children, with the schools, and understand that we're there to protect and help them, and so are the administrators in the schools. So don't be afraid to ask for assistance. And like Stacy said, if you sense something's not right, don't, don't be afraid to actually check your child and get some help for them. Nurse Cersei? <clears throat> My message for parents is this, you are more powerful than you know, and your children care more about what you say 
than they let on. And I know some parents think, you know what, we've talked about how all this stuff is out there and it, you know, it almost seems like it's unavoidable rite of passage and there's nothing I can do about it. But prevention works, you're a key part. And we know that since the 1970s, there's been a steadily increasing number of young people who have made the choice to stay completely substance-free for reasons of health. And that number is growing every year. So prevention works, it's possible, and your kids need your support in making that one choice to stay healthy. And Stacey O'Shields? I would absolutely say that, you know, we're living in such a fast-paced life and children are so involved in things and we want to get them here and there and we're so concerned about the GPA and, but that connection that everybody keeps talking about, the opposite of isolation, really just stopping educating yourself, having a conversation with your child and trying to be as real as possible because it is a life or death situation that they could be facing. They need to know that putting something in their mouth could end their life. And, and then when you reach them on that heartfelt in a positive way, you will be heard. You will be heard. And then they know that you love them and you'll be doing the right thing. I appreciate you all coming out this evening. I promise I wouldn't keep you very late. This is not a comprehensive look at the subject. I got through maybe one out of four questions that I had for you all. But for, the, for, for those of you watching, if you just learn a little bit or maybe are prompted to take some sort of action uh, to prevent a tragedy, to prevent a lifetime of suffering, uh, this program certainly would have been worth it. We do invite you to s uh, seek out all the resources that were mentioned here today. If you saw something that piqued your interest, find out more about it. Maybe dive in. Maybe go get yourself some knowledge lock zone. Uh, it's important to, to have that. You never know when you'll run into a situation where you may need it. I would like to thank our partners with the Cobb County School District. We're in their facility. They're running the TV broadcast. Big partners here. Cobb and Douglas Public Health, Marietta Schools, and my folks with Cobb County Government. We all thank you all for coming together and, and uh, shedding some light on what is becoming an increasing problem, not only in schools, but society as well. And we certainly hope for those of you watching live or in the future uh, that you all uh, continue on with your lives in the best of health. In the meantime, thank you all. I hope this program has helped you better understand the perils of these addictions and what you can do to defend against them. To see the original program in its entirety, click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.